When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, welcome to another episode of the Gap Downbacker podcast. Um, today we have um, University of Arizona defensive coordinator um, and legendary defensive coach uh, Don Brown with us. Coach, how are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. A beautiful day here in uh, Tucson and always love talking ball. Glad well, to be with you. At least at least one of us has got good weather. I'm stuck in the state of Ohio where it's been snowing nonstop for about 24 hours. So <laughs> can't say i haven't been there in the weather well that, i mean my that, first time actually uh eating outside in january so I, I was about to say i mean you've spent your essentially entire career in the midwest or northeast of this country um how has that adjustment been for you moving all the way out southwest far from pretty much anywhere you've ever been before um Jed Fish and I worked my first year at Michigan. We worked together. And uh, so this was kind of an easy transition for me in terms of, you know, heading to, you know, we've got a bunch of good coaches that are anxious to get Arizona back on the right track and and uh, working hard every day to do so. Well, uh, and I want to talk to you about y- y'all staff real quick. Cause I, I mean, I, I looked over it after we started talking and, um, most of that defensive staff, you, I'll, I will say you've never worked with, but you recently have not, I know you brought one coach with you from Michigan. Um, what was that like to, was that important to try to bring at least one guy with you that was familiar with your system or was, is that not, how do I want to word this? Was that not important for you? Was, is that, is that, does that ma- not matter? Well, you know, obviously Jed, you know, we're, we're across the country and recruiting in the uh, in the west and the southwest so it was important that we got guys that were familiar with uh you know the western style of recruiting uh so that was point one uh jet also felt it was important that we get guys that have um have played in the past at arizona so for example you know you got randy hunley who's uh you know he's a Legend, he's a leading tackler in the history of the school with 577 tackles. Chuck Cecil uh, is our safeties coach. And again, he was here and it's kind of a link to the, you know, the last few years as he was an analyst here uh, with, the pre- with the previous coaching staff. And he's fit right in, done a nice job. Dwayne Walker is um, coaching our corners and he's got a sorted, you know, college background pro background but also was recruited on the west coast so you know he just felt like having people that were associated with uh, Arizona and obviously getting guys in here uh, that, that have recruited in the west um, you know I did bring Keith Budzinski with me 
who was an analyst with us last year, but has been with me over 13 years at different stops as a defensive uh, assistant and coordinator for me. So obviously, uh, you know, he's the link. He's the link. So when guys want to want to get some questions answered and I'm not available, certainly he can uh, help them in, in the right, you know, help them in the right direction. And I brought uh, Aaron Van Horn, who was my young uh, intern, to also uh, help us, uh, you know, uh, with the computers and all those things that need, need to be done. So we're up and running at a pretty good pace. And we got a lot of great people and everybody brings a little bit of something different to the table. Now, uh, you mentioned bringing something different. I, I mean, most of your staff has NFL experience, either playing or coaching in the NFL. How much does that knowledge, bringing that knowledge in, affect your system? I mean, you've had a system that's morphed to a point over the past 30 years, um, but how much does it still morph and how much are they bringing new ideas to what you do? Well, we're certainly bringing new ideas and discussing things, that just, but at the same point, you know, the, you know, the multiplicity, you know, the ability to, the ability to get after the quarterback and, um, you know, the ability to stop the run. Those are, those are philosophical issues that we all feel very strongly about. And, uh, you know, obviously how we go about uh, dealing with it is, uh, you know, they've, they've certainly brought in, brought their ideas to the table and we, we're kind of sorting our way through it. And, and to be quite honest, enjoying the process. Good. Now, how, how rejuvenating is that for you? For when you get to a new place and you get to reinstall your defense all over again, because because I mean to, to a certain point when you've been a place long enough, you're kind, I mean it's I'm not saying you're not reinstalling it, but it, it good portion of the kids probably know a good portion of what you're doing. So how rejuvenating is that for you as a coach? No, I think your point. I think your point's really valid. Well, I'll tell you, I think your point's really valid. Um, it's funny. Uh, you know, we were talking as a defensive staff as we're getting ready here to, um, you know, to install the defense. I didn't realize how excited I was uh, in that part of it because what happens is when you go through year one, year two, and year three, and, 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 and obviously you're changing and you're adjusting virtually every year um, and trying to make the tweaks that you feel are necessary for success. But at the same standpoint, the system is the system. And there's some things that, you know, that you know are tried and true. And, um, you know, so, the, so it's not as challenging as starting from, from scratch. So starting from scratch and getting all the guys on the same page and all the players, um, you know, is, is kind of a fun process. Uh, and one that I'm looking forward to. I haven't done it for five years, so uh, kind of, kind of excited to get this thing rolling. You know, one of our, our meetings tomorrow. One of our meetings tomorrow is is a philosophical meeting. And uh, you know, some people look at that like, oh, I'm really looking forward to um, to you know presenting it to the players and show them the things that we really feel are important as a defensive staff. Well, I kind of want to get on some of your philosophical things because I, I think you're probably, I don't want to say most well-known, that's probably a bad term, but I mean, you, you have several nicknames like Dr. Blitz. 
Um, I think one of your most famous clips that you can probably find anywhere on the internet is, is you talking about solving pressure problems with aggression. I think I think you're you're well known for for, for that, and and and, that, and that's a good moniker to have. I mean, let's be honest, you, your defenses are successful everywhere you go. That's I mean, that's no one questions that. Your pass defense is usually very good. Your run defense is usually very good. And, you, and again, you solve them with problems with aggression. Um, but where I'm curious, where did that philosophy come from over the course of your 30 plus year career in terms of why why choose that style of defense? I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the, when it happened. In 1998, I worked for Mark Whipple and uh, we had taken over the UMass program that was coming off a two and nine season. And we had gotten through about half the season and we were four and two. So obviously, you know, things were going, you know, things were going pretty well. But, you know, Whip said, hey, you know, Don, when we're, when we're aggressive uh, and we get after people, uh, it just seems like our players light up. And uh, he said, why don't we just go that way? <laughs> and to be honest, that was the kind of the start. And uh, we ended up one, losing one game the rest of the way and won a national championship. So we actually took a team that was two and nine, turned it into 12 and three, and beat Georgia Southern in the national championship. And that's when it all started. And, uh, you know, at that time, you know, we were playing a lot of what we called Falcon, people call zero coverage. And, um, you know, obviously there were a lot of man elements there, but at the same time, there was some zone elements, but we evolved from a four down to a three down structure. And we were rotating between the two structures. Um, but there was always the threat of blitz or simulating blitz. So, um, you know, that's when it all started was uh, back in 1998. And to be honest, uh, stayed true to form since then. Now, you mentioned simulated pressure there. And because and, I I, as I was prepping for this interview, I, I kind of listened to some other stuff you talked about, watched some of your other games. I mean, obviously you're known for that, but I think one of the things that gets ignored, ignored is probably a bad word, but uh, is how much simulated pressure you do. And because you want to, because in my opinion, from watching you, um, how much variety of looks you want to give opposing offenses. How, I mean, when, when did that come in for you? And kind of why did you bring that into your um, aggressive defense? Sure. Um, you know, obviously, when you associate with pressure, you're associating at least five players attacking the quarterback or or, or even six or in some read scenarios. But, well, it all depends on who you break fence with. You know, if you get into seven and eight, man up boxes and you overload to one side now you have the ability to create the overload to for example the left and really come with a second level player or a third level player to the right but it still is a four-man rush so you know your coverages um can be you know virtually anything 
to be able to utilize as you prepare for that opponent what you think will be the best answers, uh, you know, to um, to create difficulty for the offering for. So blood simulators in our world work because they know we're coming. Uh, that there's no doubt that we're going to come. There's no doubt that Arizona is going to blitz you. But the reality is we can also show that look and rush for and cr try to create that same, um, you know, try to hurry that quarterback up by creating the overload. Um, that makes 100% sense, Coach. And I, I kind of want to build off of that because you, you've mentioned kind of some of the – because I, I was listening to an interview with you the other day and – um, you mentioned about some of the changes and all different offenses you were seeing in the league, this league compared to the Big Ten. Um, how much does that alter? Is that going to alter how you blitz? And I'm not, it's not going to stop you from adding pressure, but how's that much? How much is that going to alter how you bring pressure in terms of where from and what fronts and so forth? Well, the one thing that, uh, you know, that I'm seeing is a lot more, you know, what I call double sets or the tight end being removed from the core. And I'm not saying those aren't prevalent or don't show up in the Big Ten because they do. But it, it, in just, you know, my my short, it seems much more of a uh, of a, of a common piece um, here in the Pac-12. You know, the one thing I notice as well is 11 personnel, which is one tight end, three wide receivers. And 12 personnel, which is two tight ends, you know, two receivers in the back. You know, those are really, if you said to me, what are the prevalent formations in the Pac-12, those would be the two that I would say are first, second. And then 10 personnel doubles where you have, you know, balance two by to, you know, obviously all receivers away from the core. And, uh, you know, so that's going to become much more of a area, an area that we have to adjust our, our coverages um, to, handle, to handle the various route progressions. But also when you remove that sixth guy, you know, that tight end, he's removed away from the box. There's some options there that that I'm, you know, that I'm kind of excited about that uh, are more prevalent, you know, the, the 10 personnel without the tight end being part of the box. So um, I'm looking forward to kind of a, attacking those uh, protections as well. Now, speaking of attacking prote protections, what, I mean, obviously you have, you have a whole staff that looks at the opposing offense and scouting. I mean, you, you're tired of the staff, the GAs, the quality control guys. But what, what particularly do you look at when you're breaking down an offense? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big believer that I handle all the running games, the box runs, the perimeter runs. I literally draw 150 to 175 
five cards a week and uh, against all the looks. And I do that for one reason. We're very, you know, uh, diversified in how we're going to go about attacking people. So we've got the bases that they're going to be against. And, and then obviously we got all the, um, the run pressures that we have. And then third down pass. And then I'll, I ask them not to make sense. So it's easier for me to do it because I can put my, I can semi put, put our guys out of the afternoons or Saturday evening. So I put that on myself. First thing I, I got a question about analytics and what I, what I heard you talk about is a havoc rate. Um, how much do you look at analytics? And then do you still, I, I mean, I, I'm listening to a conversation where you were talking about a havoc rate and pressure you're putting on people. How much does that still factor into what you do? Big time. Uh, probably more involved in uh, the pieces of Havoc rate. You know, see, here's, here's my feeling, okay? TFLs, sacks, and um, quarterback pressures or quarterback knockdowns, not necessarily sacks, but just getting them on the release and those things are really important because all of those, those things go to getting the quarterback off schedule, okay? TFLs, not only in the, in the run game as well, but in the pass game. Well, if you're gonna get TFLs in the run game, you gotta be able to that, that match the spread runs that we see on a week-to-week -week basis. So, you know, that, that whole series of run, uh, pressures is critical to getting people in third and long scenarios, okay? Then you go to the third and long scenarios and obviously you've got your coverage family. You've got your blitz simulators, which are really like we've talked about, show blitz, don't necessarily are blitzes, and then you're actually coming. So you're trying to create all these things that the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, when they look over to the side, all these things, you're trying to make them evaluate, well, what is actually happening, happening on this particular play? And um, I, I just think the more diverse that you are, the better your chances are for success. So for example, um, where we have a, what we call a, a, a speed front in our four down, but that we bring in on third down. Well, we're not necessarily blitzing. We're just bringing in the four best rushes we've got. We're running assorted twists and movements to try to attack the offensive lines. What we perceive are their, you know, weaknesses or, or a lack of strength. Uh, in one particular area or another. And then again, you're attacking the protections. Now the protections and being man coverage all the time. So you've got to have assorted coverages that complement and look very similar to those scenarios 
that you're trying to present and um, you know you're just trying to create as much as much headaches for the quarterback and the offensive coordinator as you as you possibly can so you know there's a lot of today when you come in on sunday that's really one of the first things i'm going to look making this quarterback unsettled in the throw game tell the guys all the time when you get in on pressure and and you're scot-free and sack the quarterback when you come so um you know that's kind of what i tell them as a joke but the bottom line is that's what you, you're shooting for is to try to somehow some way get a free run uh, against the protection. How much self-scouting do you do as the season goes along with, with in terms of your pressures and your coverages and how they're getting attacked and how successful your attacks are? Yeah, that's a, that's a big piece. You know, here's, here's the thing that you don't want. A, you don't want to be running. You're going, ah, we're not getting what we want out of that. Well, then what in the hell are you running it for? Get a move away from it. The, the killer is there's always two or three things that you're doing really, really well. And you're sitting there at the end of it going, geez, I gotta run that thing. I just gotta keep running that thing more. And that's the killer is um, sometimes we give, you know, we give the coordinators and the, and the offense too much credit. And, uh, you know, and, and but the one thing I'll, I'll tell you that I'm not afraid of is when we have success with a third down pressure, for example, I'm not afraid to come back and run it again because you'll be surprised how many times that you'll do that and you'll have the same form of success. So you can't be afraid, well, I ran it, they're gonna to go to the sideline and make the adjustment. Well, they might, but they may not. And the only way you're gonna find out is if you run it again. So I think you're really, it, it's the, the key is and evaluate the things that you do well and the things that you're not doing well. And you're either gonna to have to tweak those things or move on and, and, and do the things that you're good at. For example, in 2018, when I was at Michigan, we were a really good four down front and we pressured well out of four down front. But in 2019, you know, we weren't as blessed with the interior defensive linemen, but we had jo a kid by the name of Josh Uche, who was outstanding pass rusher, versatile, could use him as an end, use him as a backer, and we did a lot of three-down rush. So those things, those self-scouting things are so critical to, you know, kind of just paint the picture of, yes, things are happening the way we want them to happen or no, um, certain things that are not successful. And, and, and sometimes, you know, just worrying about what you're 
doing is more important than worrying about what the offense is doing. Because I'll be honest, you see a lot of 11, uh, some quarterbacks may be better runners than others. Some may be better throwers than others. But those are the adjustments that you're going to make on a week-to-week basis to try to, uh, you know, uh, control the control your next opponent. Okay, and then, I mean, and then kind of continue with the self-scouting pieces. What does your off-season look like? Obviously, you have recruiting all off-season. That's kind of the given. But in terms of the, the actual X's and O's, what is your from – Ideally, January 10th, when you're either playing in a national title game or winning a national title game, to August when you start the your camps, what does that offseason look like for you in terms of your system and looking, evaluating and what you're going to install next year, keep, scrap, add? What does that look like? Well, uh, obviously, the thing that's difficult now is with this pandemic, there's no off-campus recruiting. So what we've been able to do, and I think Coach Fish has organized us really good here. We've been taking the mornings and coming in and doing OD meetings. So the offensive staff's meeting, the defensive staff meeting, and those are pretty much geared to uh, concept, offense, defense, you know, what we're doing, the, the review of what we did in our situation on the same page move in on pushing that, <coughs> pushing from the, we're all pushing the same rock in the same direction. So we're, we're trying to get everybody on, on the same page in terms of concept, scheme, personnel development, and all those things. Now, usually we're on the road during this period of time. So this has been an added piece for us, but it's been really good because as you alluded to when we started, you know, we're a whole new staff. And I've only had one guy that has familiarity with what we're doing. So we've needed the time to get on the same page. Um, in the afternoon, that's, you know, we all divide and conquer and, and, and attack the recruiting uh, by position with as many different position groups as I can. And, um, so that's been kind of our, the way we, you know, I mean, obviously there's other things involved, but for the most part, we've been trying to go scheme in the morning and recruiting in the afternoon. But I, I, I do, I, I mean, kind of build off that. How much time do you spend um, starting to scout the schools you're going to play next year in terms of like, I'm not necessarily saying scouts, uh, that word but starting to evaluate okay this is what talent they got this is what schemes they typically run and then how in depth does that get well um usually when you're when you're not in in a in an adjustment where a brand new staff trying to get on the same page you know you spend a, a considerable amount of your x and o time on key opponents and you're really looking at the opponents that had a player to that, that virtue, you want to make sure that you've addressed it or, or a couple of uh, pass routes that were that you need to address. 
which could involve, you know, there's, there's much more of that going on when you're not a new staff and you're, and you're trying to just get to know each other and, and, and understand the things that we're going to teach the players come up. I, I've heard you, like I, I, like I said, I, I prepped for this. So I heard you mention that you, you really don't, uh, and this might be misquoting you slightly, is you don't really care what they can't do. You want to know what they can do. And, and how much is that? A, uh, I'm probably going to word this really badly, but oh well. Um, how much does that factor into you week to week? Or actually, let me rephrase this. How much does that factor into how many different personnel combinations you have um, to, to play into the strengths of your kids? You know, I think that piece right there is so critical to success. When you don't, for example, when you take a linebacker, for example, and that guy can rush the passer. Like I, I had a kid, Josh Uche, who I happened to recruit when he was a youngster at Miami Columbus. The thing he did well, he was an undersized guy, he put his hand on the ground, on the market set go, and he would rush the passer. So what we allowed him to do when he came to Michigan with me is we would put him in as many scenarios where he could rush the passer. We even got to the point with him where, for example, we would identify the offensive lineman that we were going to attack that week and we would make sure he's over. And now, I'm not saying he's not, it wasn't an accomplished linebacker, but his greatest strength was his ability to dominate passing downs with his ability to rush the passer. He was the number one rusher uh, in havoc rate in 2019 attacking, I didn't say sack leader, I said number one rusher in knocking the quarterback down, tipping the ball, uh, you know, making him throw it away, put it all together. That was his baby. And, you know, he's a third round pick of the Patriots and they do a lot of those things with him and Chase Winovich, who also played for me in that scenario. Okay. Um, you know, we've, we had, we had Jabril Peppers uh, who finished third and you know, fifth in the Heisman. And uh, he was one of our first Vipers, but he was an ex excellent interior blitzer. And he was not shy about getting in the box and playing the run game at 207 pounds. And, and I know that sounds weird. But some guys, they just can do certain things. He was a great run through defender. And when it got into the red zone, he would show up not only in the past game with the blitz game, but he was a tremendous run through defender as, a, as an as the linebacker in the box. So, you know, 
there's so many different sniff me the last couple of years is the best spread run defender on the edge I've ever seen. So what are we going to do? We're going to put him in there against a good spread run teams. He's going to play the open side end and he's going to dominate in the spread run game. You know, you know, um, uh, that conflicts and it trying to create conflict. He had a all and, and doing his job and being right. I, I, I mean, I can't think of anybody I've coached over the years that's been the, the point, and you really got into a good, you know, sometimes, well, well, then don't put him in and have him do it. Let him do other things. Put him first the edge. Oh, he's a good bludgeon blitzer in the inside. He knows how to use his hands, and he can play the, play the run in there, but he can also rush the, the passer against offensive linemen. Well, let him do it, you know, and just make sure that, that you do that. And I, I'm a big believer. Let guys do what they do. Let guys do things that they can gain confidence in doing, and then they'll get better at the other phases uh, as long as you're, you know, giving them a chance to feel good about themselves. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's been my deal for a long time. Just if a guy's got one trait that he's really super at, let him do it. Nickel, nickel defenders. Uh, Safeties that can, uh, you know, play scooch technique over the slot. You know, let them do it. It, can, it goes to all positions. And um, I just think there's a lot of guys, especially in this day and age, with the, with the specialization of you know, first and second down as opposed to third down as opposed to the screen game, you know, put them in things that they're really good at. I, I mean, I agree 100%. I couldn't agree more, Coach. It's like, it's like I don't – I mean, obviously you want to try to improve kids' skills at what they're bad at, but at the same time, I want to know what they're good at and be able to maximize that skill. Like, I mean, I, I mean, we had a mobile quarterback this year, so, I mean, that – we relied on those skills at certain times. Let it run. Yeah. I mean, that's, you just like figure out what your kids are good at and, and adjust to that. If, if, I mean, just, and going from there, I mean, I, I agree hundred percent. I, I mean, I think from a observation thing, that's probably why you had so many kids drafted from the university of Michigan to the new England Patriots, because it's a similar, similar philosophy and you get, did a good job at developing them and um, they kind of just fit into what they wanted to do. Um, and then like the last two questions I have for you are, um, who's, who's brain do you pick? I mean, obviously you've been doing this for 30 plus years at a very high, highly successful level everywhere you've been, you've been successful, but when you have questions or you're looking to add stuff, who do you go to, or who do you try to reach out to? I have a very good friend that, um, is always there for me when I when I want to ask a question about a particular tweak or answer, and that's Bob Sutton, who was the uh, coordinator for Kansas City Chiefs for Andy Reid. He's been was a head coach at Army. He was with Dan Quinn in the in the staff down the Atlanta Falcons, and that's the guy that I go to. And I, he is uh, absolutely one of the brightest 
football minds uh, in uh, in in the game of football. And then the last question I got for you, Coach, as we wrap this up, and uh, again, I appreciate your time. Is you've done that? You've been a head coach. You've been a defense coordinator, and mine, I might say, a pretty successful head coach as well, ninety-five and forty-five. Because I double-checked your record today, which is pretty impressive. Um, and, and but at, at this, why do you still coach? I'm, I'm just curious. Like, what drives you to get up every morning and do this? <laughs> people i i love trying to maximize guys potential um you know i think i got a lot to offer in terms of uh helping them with their fundamentals so that they have enough tools in their toolbox um i also think i have a disciplined approach um but at the same time i still have fun with this game and i have fun with young people so as long as that part of it you know, getting got, you know, people say, well, you know, you, you were head coach for a long time. You're most successful at UMass and all this. I, I just love coaching defense. I love the challenge of it. And, and guess what? It's hard coaching defense every week and being perfect. You know, uh, it, it, it really is. Um, you know, I'll have a tough week and you know, all of a sudden, you know, they're not, they're, they're not good at their craft. I mean, that's, you know, it's tough coaching defense in the college football ranks and even in the pro football ranks, but especially in college and the, the new spread runs that are out there every week. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, you know, they don't let us catch those guys much anymore. We're kind of going towards the NFL in terms of coverage stuff. So that's a, that's a little bit of a concern. But at the same time, you know, teaching guys, I'm a no free access guy. I, I, and I don't, uh, I don't talk, I don't say that without, uh, in, without pride. I, I like my players that are in the back end to have the ability to go to the NFL, so, uh, you know, that's a, an area that I think, um, you know, we do a very, uh, very good job of uh, getting those guys ready for that task. And up front, you know, utilizing them to rush the passer and, and, and building, uh, again, their toolbox, the long arm stab, throwing the outside arm, the, uh, the club weight, the speed, the power, you know, all those things. You know, the fun thing, I still get, it, get excited about coaching speed to power. It's not just worrying about the counter and all the scheme stuff. I love teaching the fundamentals. Well, I mean, I mean that's fantastic, Coach. Like, and I, and I kind, I, I mean, I think any of us that's ever talked to you or watched you talk, I think we can kind of still see that passion. Because I remember, I think it was like a month ago when you got announced at the press conference. They had to, you had to calm yourself down. I think at one point because you were just, you were getting too excited. Um, so, like I said, I, I appreciate it, Coach. Um, I appreciate you coming on and just and just let me pick your brain for a little bit on some things on kind of some of the stuff you look at and what you do and how you do it and at least at least off the field and just overall purpose. Um, I, I, like I said, I just want to say I appreciate it, Coach. Thanks. I enjoy. I really enjoyed it. You had, you had your you had your questions ready. You were ready to go, so you should feel good about that. You were good. Thank you, Coach. That, that was uh, Coach 
uh, Don Brown, um, coach again, is, is now the uh, defensive coordinator at the University of Arizona. Um, uh, below will be all the tags for to kind of see various spots of this interview over again. Um, I want to thank coach again. And that was in our episode of the uh, Gap Down Backer podcast.